everyone, I'm Richard, that's my friend Tom, this is Terrifying Tom, and this week we are kicking it off with the 2004 film, Dawn of the Dead. What's your favourite scary movie? Yo, Slim Shady. Yo, Voice 5 nine. If I really have to, I really slap you. King of Detroit, who they name in the city after? What? Scantless partners, who scram and hammer some hard shit into your heart with. So just a quick little summary about why we're doing this kind of um, idea for a podcast. So this idea came to me because my friend Tom, say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. We have very different opinions when it comes to horror films, for instance. Uh, I find it very rare that there's a horror film that actually scares me in any way whatsoever. And I found that my friend Tom tends to get scared quite a lot by horror films. Um, in our estimation. Would you say that that's fair, Tom? Yes. So what do you think about... What What kind of runs through your head when you know that you're going to be watching a horror film? Um, I don't know, It's weird when you think, like, I get scared by horror movies quite a lot. Like, why would I watch them in the first place? I think it's just the, the adrenaline of it. And it's, I like the dark themes that horror movies have. You know, you, you see stuff that you don't usually see. Uh, hopefully that you don't want to see in the real world if that makes any sense um, and, uh, you know depends on the film you know, there's a lot of horror movies that have you know interesting characters or whatever you know or an interesting premise mm-hmm. you know like Saw for example interesting premise I mean I know it's not exactly a horror movie but well Seven is kind of a horror slash thriller with an interesting premise so talk me through your like emotional states when you know you're going to be watching a horror film? Um, I think mainly just to circle back here, I, I never watched horror movies when I was a kid, so I, you know, as opposed to I don't know if you did or not. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw Psycho when I was six. Yeah, I never saw anything that early, you know, that scary that early. Like, I thought Terminator was too scary to watch, and I can't remember how old I was then, 10, 11, something like that. And I thought, Lord, that looks too scary. That was just Terminator. So, you know, I just did something. And my parents are not into it. I was going to say, was it you who told me that your parents thought that Jurassic Park was going to be too scary for yeah. you? It was you, yeah. Yeah, they went to a screening to make sure that it was um, suitable enough for me. Uh, how old was I? Seven or eight? Would have been eight because I, I, I was eight. So, yeah, at, at that point, that was probably the scariest thing I'd ever seen. So I enjoyed it. I didn't, like, it didn't give me nightmares or anything like that. But watching it in the cinema, you know, there was bits of it where I thought, oh, that's a bit scary. But, um, you know, I love dinosaurs. So I don't think, you know, I didn't really see, like, the classic horror movies until probably when I was coming to the end of school, I'd probably say 14, 15, 16. You know, so I never really had, like, 
a childhood of growing up with these characters or whatever else. So, you know, it's that's probably why that I'm scared of horror movies in general. What how do you how do you feel when you know there's gonna be a horror movie coming on? Do you get like tense just in your gut? Do you get a bit anxious or not really. I mean, I think when uh, most horror movies start you have that it depends how it opens up, really, doesn't it? If it has like a really creepy opening, like Insidious, for example, the opening of that is really creepy. Yeah. Like the, the way they do the titles and everything, they frame everything. You go into every movie, um, you know, thinking, oh, I'll be fine. No problem. Figure out what's fine. <laughs> but uh, it, isn't, it, it usually isn't the case, you know, more often than not. Especially if I'm watching it on my own. So, the, so the reason I, I wanted to obviously go into this podcast, like I said, is because it's kind of like it has a bit of a joint journey for us really so i went through a phase like i said i think i watched horror films from a really young age like i think the only ones that my parents wouldn't let me watch good or bad parenting i'm not sure um are the really hardcore gory slasher films you know i think i told you i've never seen hellraiser to this day i haven't seen hellraiser um because my dad thought that that was the scariest film that has ever been put onto film ever i didn't see that one until i was at university still haven't seen it to this day not through fear just through just haven't got around to it really you know Um, it's not really on tv much no it's not really i mean maybe it'll be like late night on bravo or something but that was the one my dad was always like oh that's a who who he honestly thinks that's the scariest film ever put to celluloid no that's his opinion, but so the gory ones, my parents kind of kept me away from. And then as I grew up, I kind of became a bit of a pansy again. Like I, I kind of was scared of the horror films and everything like that. I think it's because I am one of the easiest people in the world to make jump. Yeah, it's just I, I could know you are there trying to make me jump, and you will still succeed in making me jump. I'm one of those people. So as I, when I was younger, I think I equated that feeling to fear and terror, you know? So I kind of grew out of horror films and I didn't want to watch them. And I was like, I was like hands behind eyes and, you know, hugging the cushion, you know, all the classic cliches and stuff like that. But then as I grew up and I grew out of that phase and I realized that that's not real fear. It's momentary. It's fleeting. It's really not very deep and emotional. I started to see it as kind of cheap. It's a very cheap way of making you... I mean, yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, at the end of the day, it is fictional. And it's none of it's real. This is based on a true story. I get that. But there there are certain universal things that I think all people would find genuinely fearful, deep down, terrified, scared. And, And I don't think that that equates to a, you know, a... A sharp shock on a violin and someone just going, hey, how are you? Like that, you know. That isn't real fear. Bathroom mirror closing. Yeah. And you think there's going to be something behind them. There's going to be something behind them. There's going to be something behind them. You know, or, or you know, that kind of thing. It's the, the innate deep terror that I think is real fear. And the jump scare is cheap and it's not very long lasting and because it's so easy to make me jump you know like i don't find it particularly enthralling so i've gone through a bit of a roller coaster with horror films and i'm now at the point now where horror films do not scare me in the least ever like i cannot remember the last time an actual film itself 
scared me. The last time I can remember being genuinely scared was after I watched Paranormal Activity. And as I've told you before, that wasn't the film that scared me. It's the fact that it was the first time I'd lived on my own without anyone else around in my own house alone. And then at night, your brain kind of runs away with you a little bit. So the film didn't really ever scare me. So the, the purpose of this podcast is twofold. So first of all, it's entertaining to see if you get really scared by something or not, because I find that funny. <laughs> and second of all, it's a journey to try and see if I can find a horror film that scares me again, you know, so that maybe there's somewhere that we can come together on common ground and we can find that place. I have a feeling that it's going to be quite a while till we, if we ever find anything like that. Maybe. That's kind of the basic premise of this show is we're going to watch horror films we're going to see how scared we can make Tom. And we're going to hope that I can actually find something that keeps me up late at night. Having said that, the film we're discussing this week, I don't think is that film. Definitely not. So, as I said, we are discussing the 2004 film Dawn of the Dead. This is rated number 50 on the list of all-time top horror films scored by the users of IMDb as of June 2022. How? So first question, <laughs> and then I'll go for it. Would you even consider this a horror film? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's got zombies in it, hasn't it? Uh, but as we said before, with the killers, does that make a horror film? I mean, Shaun of the Dead's got zombies in it. Is, is that a horror film? Good point, yeah, it's comedy. Warm yeah. Bodies has got zombies in it. Is that a horror film? I mean, I think Dawn of the Dead is obviously supposed to be a horror movie. There are scenes in it which are portrayed as horror horror based i mean i'm sure people found it scary i mean i don't know for a lot of for a horror for a, a zombie movie it's not there's not a lot of shocks or people jumping out at people or anything like that we'll we'll, we'll get to we'll get to what you have to say about that in a minute yeah. but just before we do so yeah dawn of the dead is directed by Zack snyder and screenplay by james gunn who have obviously gone on to do Huge things in cinema. It stars Sarah Poli. Vi <laughs> I'm assuming that's Blonde Girl One. Yeah, Blonde Girl. Uh, Ving Rhames. Anna was her name. Uh, uh, no, it was Andy. Oh, was it Andy? Or was it <laughs> Annabelle? I don't know. Um, it stars uh, Sarah Poli, Ving Rhames, Mackay Pfeiffer, and Jake Webber. Who? Exactly. We'll get to that as well. So the premise of the film, a nurse, a policeman, a young married couple, a salesman, and other survivors, other survivors, assorted survivors of a worldwide plague take refuge in a shopping mall. So that is the basic premise. Now, I would also like to point out that in that premise, it also doesn't say a specific word, which it doesn't say throughout the whole film. Doesn't say zombies. Does not say zombie. Not once, not once in this whole film. We discussed this during whilst we were actually watching the film that these people apparently never seen a whole entire a zombie film in their entire lives. How many times did you <laughs> were you call it out? Go kill them, kill them, shoot them now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right. If, if you're going in with the premise that that they don't know what zombies are, they've never even heard of them. Then okay, I get it. But you know, we've lived in a world now where zombies have been a thing for decades. Some would say centuries. Maybe centuries. I don't know. The first like horror movie with zombies in it I can think of is Night of the Living Dead. That's like that's 68. That was directed by George Romero, who directed Dawn of the Dead, the original one. 
So, yeah, you say centuries were zombies? Well, the first actual cases of uh, recorded cases of zombies uh, came from the Caribbean in the um, 18th century. Might even be the 17th century. I'm not sure. But, yeah, there was definitely... um, discussions of it this, this is where the whole thing came from so it's it's kind of like a voodoo kind of thing where people believe that dead bodies can be brought back to life and like jesus yeah so well i mean yeah there you go over two thousand years there you go yeah but this specific this is actually where they use the term zombie as well which is a creole word and so you learn something in this podcast as well um but there are actually recorded Cases of zombie plagues as well in West Africa. There's never actually been any evidence that has turned up for this. But having said that, um, there are credible doctors that have actually witnessed it and recorded the outbreak of this plague and stuff like that, which is basically where our idea of zombies comes from today. So these people know nothing about history. And in all that time, there hasn't been one book, film, TV show, comic, radio play, anything that has used the word zombie, apparently, in this film. So that's what I find quite interesting about this film initially. So it feels more kind of like a buddy film. I don't ever really feel they're in danger in this film. Who is they? The, 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 the crew of people that she meets. Right. So the policeman, the salesman, uh, and the married couple. Yeah, I don't ever really feel like there's any kind of danger. I don't know. We run, f- we, we, we set the scene of them in the shopping center, obviously, and that, you know, the, the, the world is ending and that they're, you know, all these zombies are coming and there's no help coming and so on and so forth. But I don't know. There's never any tension. I think there is. Okay, go on then. But I don't think the film is exciting, if that makes any sense. I, I get that, but where would you say the tension is then? I mean, there's there's always tension when they're trying to keep the zombies out, isn't there? I don't know, it's just generic. I mean, that's obviously what you have to do, right? I would say that maybe that's because you don't really feel that strongly for the characters in it. Because you're not really given much of a backstory to them or anything like that. No, but again, this is when we were watching it, I discussed it with you that this is a very Zack Snyder kind of thing. He doesn't really do character building. Zero character building basically in this whole movie, pretty much. I mean, I can't really think of any of these films where he goes really in-depth into like a character and you find out really truly who that person is. This is the problem with Justice League as well, isn't it? Just trying to cram too many people into one film, you know? I get that you need to have a group of survivors otherwise you know it could get very boring but i honestly think that this film would work better with a smaller ensemble of people ensemble yeah because then you could explore them a little bit deeper i mean what's the what's the deepest part of character development we get is probably when um a generic guy one talks about like i was really good at being a father very good at being a dad so we know who's a dad and his kids probably dead Yeah, I I just don't find it particularly tense at any point during this whole film. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't remember any sense of foreboding or tension. There was the classic build-up of, you you know, the crescendo building until, the you know, the inevitable jump scare comes. But again, yeah, it was just... I mean, there's a lot of light-hearted stuff in this film, like the relationship between Irving Rames and the guy on the building. 
guy holding up the sign. Andy. Andy, yeah. And then you've got like a jazz singer singing Down with the Sickness by Disturbed like halfway through the film. Richard Cheese, yes, that's right. And it's like, it's not really building up the dread and the horror, is it? It's like tongue-in-cheek, which is fine, but you know, like Shaun of the Dead, for example. Um, but I just don't think this works. But yeah, because Shaun of the Dead is supposed to be a comedy. It's a it's a parody of a horror film, so it, of a horror genre. So it's okay to have aspects of comedy in there, and it's okay to have aspects of comedy, you know, comic relief in a horror film, you know, to break those moments of tension. But if you're not really building tension, and you then insert these comedic aspects into it it doesn't really give you an underlying feeling of dread and existential horror and you know it just feels more like i mean i don't know how successful this movie was we'll, we'll get to that later yeah, on we'll but that, yeah, yeah so i mean i'll bring it up now considering that you asked um it cost 26 million dollars to make um and it made over 100 million dollars worldwide so you would say that's a pretty well, yeah it's a pretty good profit pretty good success surprising really it's it's not deemed a failure. I mean, most horror movies do make profits anyway. They're usually quite cheap to make. But from my personal point of view, as I said before, this came out the same year Shaun of the Dead did. So once, once you've seen that, like, well, why do you be interested in this? I'm assuming that Shaun of the Dead came out because of this film. Like, I, I don't know, it came out before or after, what, I don't know. But, but that's, so that's why I was saying that, it, you know, it came out as the parody, this coming out, obviously. So, I mean, it hasn't hurt Zack Snyder's career. Obviously, no, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I don't think it's like, terrible. It's, no, no, no. But I just think uh, it's, very, it's very bland and generic, yeah. and forgettable. It's average. it's it's consumable. Yeah, is what I you know. That's how I'd say. It. Like you can watch it and you can be like, yeah, it was all right. Killed an hour and a half, two hours. But then you'll forget it when you go to bed that night, and you'll never think about it again until it's on TV one day in a few years, and you'll just be like, oh, I remember that film. Yeah, it's not really... It doesn't leave a big impression in the mind. I find the look of the film ugly as well. But it's very 2000s, yeah, very ugly-looking CGI and whatever else. But what I was saying to you as well that I found quite interesting was that how bright it was. For a horror film, it's very bright, and a lot of stuff takes place during the day. And I'm guessing that that's because it's called Dawn of the Dead. I was saying this to you, that, you know... It's kind of like a double meaning. We were talking about this, that it's dawn as in the beginning of something, um, but it's also, you know, dawn as in it's always daytime. And the colours are always bright. I mean, even my, when they make their daring escape towards the end of the film, they they go over to the um, Andy's gun shop and it's night and then they get back through the sewers after all of the trouble that's going on and... uh Catman <laughs> dies in the in this you know oh yeah Catman yeah um he dies in the sewers and then they're being chased by the zombies so they have to make their um their escape in those vans all of a sudden it's dawn again like the sun's rising and the sun you know you would have thought a moment like that of like tension and they're going to be surrounded by them and everything like that you keep it at night but yeah I think he took the term dawn very literally in this film maybe. I'm not sure if that was um, meant to happen, but I mean, most films like this, you want to shoot at night, don't you? I mean, that's where people's fears come in, right? People aren't scared of seeing ghosts during the day. Plus, it's probably cheaper, right? What, to film at night? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Lighting will probably cost more, wouldn't it? Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't direct films, really. 
Yeah, let us know if you if you if you know if it's more expensive to shoot during the day or night. I'm guessing it's more expensive to shoot during the day, like on location, because you got to shut roads and things like that, haven't you? But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, it just feels like even that, even the moment of like the the tension and the will they make it? Will they get away? Is kind of diluted by the fact that it happens during the day. I don't know. That's just that's just my personal opinion of it. I think he took the term dawn very literally. Um, and yeah, it's just lots of blue tones and things like that I found as well. So um, yeah, let's talk about some scenes that you found particularly memorable for one reason or another. Okay, from this movie. <laughs> We've already said it's not a very memorable film, but are there any specifically that stand out in your yeah, mind? There's one in particular that stands out. It's the, the baby stuff. Mm-hmm. Zombie baby. It's zombie baby, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that bit is quite good in, in terms of the creepy atmosphere it sets there. I think that's done pretty- Because it's dark yeah, and it's, it's oppressive and it's-, and it's foreboding, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can kind of see that Mackay Pfeiffer's character is losing his mind a little bit, which is quite good. Actually, okay, there's another part of character development, okay, because they did establish earlier on that he sees this baby as his life's purpose and his one goal in life. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, he says it earlier on in the film to Ving Rhames. Okay, so... So, I suppose that's a little bit of character development there. So, as it's slipping away from him, obviously, yeah, he starts circling the drain a little bit. I would say he's quite easy. He's quite easily acceptable that his wife is becoming a zombie. That like I would have liked to see a bit more struggle with that, maybe. Kind of just happens and he's like, he's tied her to the bed and, you know, he's, he's going a bit me- mental. And but that whole premise is quite interesting. I think, you know, obviously you know what you're going to get when you see the stomach and the, the stomach moving and, you, you, you know, what's going to happen. He's setting up for a zombie baby. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting scene when you they send the old lady downstairs to uh, check on him. And you think, oh, she's just fodder. She's going to die by the zombie baby or the zombie, whatever. Which just didn't turn out to be true at all. I mean, she did die. How did she die? Though? She got shot in a zombie film. Yeah, by Mackay Pfeiffer. That's because she shot the zombie woman in the head, didn't she? She shot his wife, yeah, who she, was a zombie. Yeah, his wife, and he's like, "How could you do this to my family?" or something to that. Which I thought, well, that's quite good. That's some interesting bit of this film. And he shot her dead, didn't he? And then he, she, she, she shoot him dead as well? Yeah, they shot each other, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was quite interesting. And then obviously you have the big reveal of the, the zombie baby. There's a nice little bit of tension before that as, when they're about to reveal it, which quickly goes away <laughs> <laughs> when they reveal it. But you kind of, you kind of know what's coming. It's going to be a dreadful-looking CGI Baby. I don't even know if it was CGI, was it? I think it might have been it practical fucking, effects. It terrible, whatever. It no. didn't look great, no. but I think it was practical effects. Like a animatronic... Sure, but it didn't look good. So that whole bit was quite good. I think that's probably the most horror-themed part of the movie, I would say. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. It's It's... It's dark, it's tense, it's foreboding, it has visual horror in the in the aspect of this woman's dead, but she's still giving birth to a baby. And there's the anticipation. And then, yeah, 
Because oh, what's going to happen? What's what? What what's, is the baby going to go like bite Mackay Fiverr and he's going to go on like a killing spree rampage or something like that? Or yeah, it's just there's there's anticipation there, but I feel the fact that they shoot each other is is, is a little bit of a cop out. I think that that would have been a good way to. I think that would have been a good way to introduce the the threat of we need to get out of this shopping center which has been our haven for months now now because they're in here with us and now they outnumber us kind of thing yeah, yeah, you yeah, know plus they got a baby they can throw it at us <laughs> my memory is not great they don't do they actually get in the shopping center yeah through the sewers after they after catman dies yeah, but they're all out of the shopping centre by then, aren't they? No, no, no. They're coming back from Andy's shop oh. with the stupid woman that's gone to go get the dog. And, yeah, they're coming back through the sewers and the zombies are following them through the sewers and then they come up into the service area. So they do get into the shopping centre that way, which obviously is, you know, there's more of them now because they're flooding in now. So there's more of them. But it just feels... It doesn't feel organic to me. It feels like a computer game a lot of the time as well. I don't know if you found that. Like set pieces. Yeah, zombies just come flying at people. Well, that was something you mentioned right at the start was uh, he's very fast for a zombie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is after 28 days later, right? So they're not the shambling zombies, yeah. Yeah, so that's part of the seed that zombies can be more than just a slow lumbering... Which brings us back to the age-old question. What's more scary, a couple of fast-moving zombies or a horde of slow-moving zombies? Fast ones. You get away from the horde of slow-moving ones if you're. this is a real world. When have, um, when have you ever heard the term of, oh, yeah, I ran away from that horde really easily? I don't know. Well, they're, they're not surrounding you. That's what I'm saying. That's what a horde is, isn't it, you know? What do you mean? Like... Okay, so we've got two or three fast-moving zombies versus 2,000 slow-moving zombies. Right. They're all coming at you in the same direction? No, they're coming from everywhere, aren't oh, they? Well, if there's no escape, then, then yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that's the age-old question, isn't it? Which is scarier? Which would you rather face? You know, Because the fast-moving ones will be on you really quickly, yeah. But uh, you've got more chance of taking three of them out, whereas the slow-moving ones is like, well, you only have a certain amount of ammunition... You'll be able to run away from them more, but you need an opening. That's the thing. They both have their own fears and dangers, don't they? Anyway, I always find the premise of zombies quite ridiculous, really, because, I mean, human beings can't bite particularly hard. So all you need to do is, like, wear leather and, like, something that covers your face and neck, put on some gloves, and then you're pretty safe. You can, like, walk through them and they can, like, gnaw on you. They're not human beings, they're the zombies. But they're still human beings that have been turned into zombies. They're not, like, fucking... T-Rexes that have turned into, you know, they're not, they're like, all of a sudden got massive jaw yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie, though. But the premise still stands, you know. They're still anatomically human beings who have very weak bite strength. You're thinking way too much into this. Got to, man. you got to be prepared. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. How would you prepare for a zombie apocalypse? This is what I was saying during the film. All the stupid shit that they're doing is just based on the fact that they're all... Idiots and got to do the right thing, and we're in a group of people, and blah, blah blah blah. Which is why they're not prepared for it. You're prepared for it, then you know I'm going to be on my own. So now I don't need to be around all these stupid people. But as we said, this is the first zombie attack of its kind, so whatever. Okay, so any other scenes that jump out to you? Um, not particularly. 
memorable. Yeah, yeah. Were you scared at any point throughout this film? Uh, not really, no. That's a lie. You told me there was one there specific was, there was part. One- a bit of maybe jump, yeah. When they're going down to the, the parking lot and Ving uh, Rhames just shows up randomly. So it wasn't even a zombie. No, it wasn't even a zombie. It was just Ving Rhames showing up behind the other three dudes. Like, all of a sudden, oh, where did he come from? When they were in downstairs in the car park and, they, and just after the dog showed up and there was that zombie that crawled along the pipes that didn't have the legs oh, right, yeah, and then landed that. on that guy. So I didn't expect that, but I didn't really find it that... No, but yeah. that's what I thought you were going to say uh, when you said there was one bit that made me jump. Ah, uh, right, I see. Right. I didn't even notice you got made jump by Ving Rhames. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a pretty damning indictment for a horror film. And number 50 on the list, I'd like to point out. According to what? IMDB users. Wow. So this is user rating, and they've put this at number 50 as a horror film. Was there any notable movies that were below it that should have been... I don't recall any, um, but I didn't go that far down the list. You sure it wasn't the original 70s version? No, it was definitely definitely the 2004 version, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how that's rated so high, to be honest. don't understand at all. Let's talk about, just to finish off with, the characters then. So there was obviously no character development, we said. Uh, You didn't really get invested in anyone in particular in this film, I found. No, the two leads were very generic. So you weren't, like, rooting for them at any point? Oh, God, no. You didn't want to see them succeed? I mean, Bing, Bing Rames' character, they set up as the cool badass character. Because he was? Yeah, I mean, even he, it wasn't really a lot of development in his character or anything like that. I think the only development, as I said, was as you said, was between him and Andy, yeah. who's a guy that we don't even hear speak until, <laughs> until so just yeah. moments before he dies. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that's a pretty good... Dynamic, though. I like I like the fact that there's this guy that he's bonding with in a completely different building that he can't talk to. And I don't think he likes the people that he's with. Mm, yeah, probably not. I mean, the security guy's all jerks. And you've got the very... Oh, everyone else is bland. And you've got the <laughs> Phil Dunphy, who isn't particularly likeable. And obviously, the like I said to you while we were watching the film, you've got the, the douchebag, who's the only guy that actually thinks things through, but he's classified as a dick. Yeah, because he was being a dick. Why? He's being nasty to them. Oh, he's being nasty? He was being horrible. Oh. He was, though. Why? How? He was... Well, he's locking them all in a cage. Okay, you don't know these people. <laughs> don't know them at all. Why, why, why would it be such a problem to lock them in a cage? <laughs> because they're just trying to seek refuge from the zombies. Yeah, but I already told you this before, is that you don't you don't know that. No, but the narrative is that the the bag Okay, great. So we're the people looking from the outside. Yeah. But you know, they're not to know that in that situation, are they? You know, you don't you, like I said, it's a perfect time for crazy people to go out going nuts. You know, no repercussions. Go wild. You wanna rape some people, rape I mean, some people. Quite, I mean the guy with the beard and Tash. That we're naming him, or we're naming him bad, bad guy or something. He was, he was a uh, douchebag, wasn't he? Yeah. So douchebag, he does redeem himself in the end when he actually decides to help people out. Yeah, a complete 180 flip of character, which <laughs> I found quite strange. Found that odd, that he was this one that was like, I'm not dying for no one today. You're going to be locked up, and I'm not letting nobody else in this here. Because, and then all of a sudden he's like, 
I'll stay here and kill the the zombies and shit. And then he has the most stupid death in all of... Yeah, but I think that death was necessary to complete the face turn. Yeah, but it was just pointless. How hard is it to write a, a meaningful death for someone... You know, I mean, you watched that scene twice to pick up on what I picked up on. The fact that there was no reason for him to Uh, stay there whatsoever. I mean, maybe he thought he couldn't get out of the truck. Uh, The the zombies were coming right for him. No, the zombies were like 200 yards away from him. (laughs) He had plenty of time. I don't think he did. He had loads of time (laughs) to jump down off of this truck and run away with the rest of them. There was absolutely no reason whatsoever for him to be still in that truck. It's just stupid. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the ending then. So, do you think that they nailed the ending? Do you think he dropped the ball a little bit on this ending? And what do you make of the ambiguity of it? Well, first of all, it just kind of just ended. Like, they got on the boat and that was it. Like, end of scene. I was like, okay, is that it? Okay, well. But then it carries on through the credits. It does carry on through the credits, yeah. But like I said, it's very hard. They get on the boat, and it's very hard to get emotionally attached to these people. You know, you've got, they're all generic. Was it four people left on the boat? And the dog. And the dog. Obviously, the dog's fine. Can't kill the dog. No, but you can get emotionally attached to the dog. Even with little character development, because he's a dog. Um, I, I know you have a black heart, but you know. Yeah, it's very hard to get. I, I'm guessing the feeling when they get on the boat and they get away is like, oh, they did it. But you've got a generic ginger girl, uh, security guy who's a bit of a pervert. Well, he's not really a bit of a pervert. Well, he kind of is. He spied on two people twice. Two people. <laughs> yeah, he did. Generic blonde woman. He's like painted as a big baby face, but she's clearly dumb as fuck. I'd swear on this. I, I just, yeah, 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 go, yeah. And Ving Rhames. That's pretty fun. That's it. And we get the heroic death from uh, generic uh, brunette dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Generic wannabe Sacrif- Hollywood heartthrob. Sacrificed himself. Now, I said that the good thing about that is that he wasn't a douchebag who tried to hide the fact yeah, that he'd been bitten. He'd on getting on the boat and hiding it or whatever. Which which I, I quite liked, you know. That was like, all right, okay, at least you're not an asshole. I think with a little more character development flashing out, as you said, he's, he thinks his children are dead or something. This is what I'm saying. It's very ambiguous. You don't know whether he he thinks that they're dead or he knows that they're dead or that if he was involved in their death in some way. Right, so maybe he's just accepted, even though he seems to have struck up a little romance with generic blonde woman. But obviously, that you know, that... Does anyone buy that at all? I mean, it was the most... Really tacked on. Yeah, it, it. there was no chemistry between them whatsoever. Yeah, I'd just kill himself. Yeah. Then try and attempt to be with her. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't force it more, yeah. you know, with like a really over-the-top kiss in the sunset or the sunrise yeah, or whatever. They, they kissed her hand and he was like... Yeah, but I mean, that's okay. I'm all right with... A different lifetime. We could have been something together. Yeah. You know, if things were different. But yeah, there was no chemistry between them whatsoever. Right. And just... I just didn't care about them. I've never seen either of those in anything since. She looks familiar. I think I've seen her in something else, but I might also be confusing her with the... Um, I can't remember her name. I thought she looked like a bit like Catherine Heigl. Mm. No? You didn't see that? No. Catherine Heigl is gorgeous. Okay. I thought maybe a little bit. No. No, okay. Oh, maybe not. 
No, no. Catherine Heigl is uh, stunning. She reminds me of that, that, um, ah, oh, she's, I can't remember her name now. She was the one from Muriel's wedding. Don't know, I've never seen it. Cannot remember her name at all now. She's been in loads of other stuff as well, but, um, but yeah, I can't remember her name. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. This is just supposed to be a launching pad for these two actors. But I mean, I couldn't tell you anything else that they're in. No. I mean, she looks kind of familiar, but like I said, I don't know if it's because she looks like this other actress or not, or if I have actually genuinely seen her in something else. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I just I just didn't care about these characters. I had no emotional attachment to any of them. Weren't rooting any of them on or anything like that. Kind of would have been better if they all died. But apart from the dog. Apart, apart from Ving Rhames, that guy was a badass. Uh, right. So the ambiguity of the ending... What do you make of that? They live? Did they die? What do you think? Do you remember the very ending? I mean, they were attacked by zombies at the end, right? I mean, I, mean, I, ma- I imagine they were probably killed. Do you think that's what they was going for, do you? I mean, I'm guessing they're maybe going for some... What was that word? Ambiguity. Probably, but did I really care at that point? No. <laughs> Not really. All right, okay. So anything else in general you want to say about this film? Weird to say that this film could have done with more minutes in it, but this film could have done with more minutes in it. I think it could have been longer. I think they could have tacked on extra 20 minutes at the start to try and flesh these characters out a little bit. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And then it just kind of just ended. So, yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel like a long movie to me. Like, oh, no, God, when's this going to be over? Like, I will say that for it. Like, at no point was like, oh, God, I can't wait for this to end. So it didn't feel long. No, but it didn't feel... Rushed, um, not rushed. It did feel rushed. It did feel rushed. It didn't feel like the time flew by watching it either, though. Like I was very aware that like over an hour had gone. I think it's pretty obvious, uh, like what this is going to be early on, and it never really subverted those expectations. No, there weren't any crazy twists and turns or anything like that, was there? Do you like the whole aspect of not knowing? where the zombie virus came from as well. A fan of that, or do you like knowing answers? Well, I didn't mind that too much. Yeah, I personally don't mind that. It doesn't bother me. I sometimes quite think a, a film is better sometimes with a bit of mystery like that. Mm. Like you don't know where it came from, you know. Not everything needs to be a weird government conspiracy, you know. I mean, we did get one genuine star turn up. Well, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe I'm overselling it. But he was recognisable when he turned up. Bill Dunphy from Modern Family showed up halfway through the movie as a douchebag. What do you make of Phil Dunphy having sex and making a sex tape? That's kind of weird. Yeah, you're not uh, into that, no? Considering that, um, you know, his character is a Modern Family. Very awkward, typical dad character, isn't he? Yeah, so that's a bit of a different... Uh, like, yeah, I think he played it pretty well. Um, obviously, his introduction of his character was the whole premise for them getting away and surviving. But he didn't live to see it. Um, I can't remember how he died at the end. You just get attacked by. So they got they, so they 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 were in an accident, weren't they? Because the guy went round the corner too fast, and the old man with the chainsaw. Oh yeah, sawed through. Accidentally sawed uh, through that blonde the, girl, the woman blonde woman too, blonde sex woman. Yeah, which then made Bing Rames, who was driving, crash. I'm guessing maybe blood got in his eyes or something, um, and then. The old man and the woman who'd been sawed in half obviously died. And then you had Ving Rhames and 
Phil Dunphy in it, and Phil Dunphy just left. Do you remember the actor's name? Uh, I don't remember the character, no. Um, he, I don't remember. <laughs> this is what we were joking about while we were watching it, though. The character's names, they're all, I mean, Catman, what was his name? Don't know. Generic. American-looking dude. Man, yeah. Like, you know, what was the redhead girl's name? I don't... What was the creepy pervert's name? I don't... I don't even know what Ving Rave's name was. I just know he's Ving Rave's. Yeah. And he had a cool killer tash. But yeah, no, that's the thing is this is how unmemorable the characters were. You don't even know their freaking names. Um, It's rated as an 18. Would you agree with that? I mean, there was gore in it. I guess you saw... Sex and tits, right? Very briefly. I mean, the chainsaw scene when they're zoring the zombies. I would say that's probably the most gruesome scene in it. They set fire to the zombies as well in the the parking lot. That really, I mean, I mean, I've seen that in comedy films. Yeah, I think maybe 18 is stretching it. It has a score of 7.3 stars out of 10. Uh, with a meta score of 59 out of 100. So, seven, 7.3 stars. More, um, 59 out of 100 is a little bit more believable. That's average. It's in the average range, isn't it? Do you think this film is rated so highly because it's a nostalgia thing? People I... look back on this as remember, remember this film. I also think that it might have a bit of a Zack Snyder caveat to it as well. I, I think it's... I mean, I couldn't give a damn who directed this film. But there are people out there that, especially after what happened in his life and everything, that that support him to the hilt these days now, right. isn't there? So, so I think that maybe it's kind of could be a combination of both of those things. Or oh, there's people that rated Dawn of the Dead from the seventies that high and were accidentally. Yeah, perhaps could be. So I might take it you do not agree with those scores. Absolutely not. What um what would you give it out of ten then? Probably a four. Yeah. I don't think it's bad enough to get rated a one, two, or three. No, it's 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 average, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like I said, it's consumable. Like you can put it on and watch it and think, that was okay, I guess. But it's not really gonna blow your socks off, is it? I'd agree with that. I think that that's a that's a pretty uh Good rating to give, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with four, four and a half at, at the most, I'd say. Despite its flaws, it didn't overstay its welcome. The casting could have been better for this film, definitely. Um, I think Ving Rangs was fine. Dumphy was fine. Very hard to say that rest are very disposable. And the casting could have been better. It's, it's the fault of the casting or the fault of the script in particular. I don't know. Maybe they could have been more entertaining characters with a better script. Maybe. Um, yeah, I just think it was very middle of the road. I think it was, I don't know, just it, it, it didn't really have anything in particular that jumped out to me that would have made it a better film on the bones that it's got already. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think, oh, a different cast or a different script or anything like that makes it necessarily, it'll be a better punchy film. I think it needed a completely tonal shift, personally, in my opinion. But that's that's a com- then we're talking about a completely different film. We're not talking about this film now. So, um, okay. So, last question, Tom. Did this film scare you? Oh hell no. Well, I would like to thank you, Tom, for joining me in watching this film. 
Neither of us found that film particularly scary. So the journey will continue. So join us again next time where we will be discussing a new film. Uh, I haven't decided. Is it actually a new film though? Uh, well, it'll be a different film from this one, is right. what I mean. Uh, I haven't decided what one it's going to be yet. Um, we're not going to be doing these in any particular order, so it could be anywhere up near the top. It could be beyond 50. It could be anywhere. There's no particular order to this. I I, I think that there might be themes, you know, going forward. Like, we're going to watch all of these films in this. Like, like, for instance, during the month of October, we will watch the Halloween films, you know. That kind of thing. Maybe on a Friday the 13th, we'll watch a Friday the 13th, you know? Kind of like that kind of thing. But for the, for the most part, we're just going to be shooting all over the board, really. So thank you for joining me, Tom. Thank you for joining me, audience. And uh, yeah, sleep well. Hey, 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 hey.